The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Did you know that July is Lost Pet Prevention Month? It's true. And as loyal listeners, I'm sure you probably also know that tech that helps keep our pets safe and helps them be reunited quickly whenever they're lost is an absolute passion of mine. So I am going to spend the entire episode chatting with experts in the field that can help us get pets home quickly should they ever go missing and hopefully keep it so that they don't go missing at all. Preparation is key after all. So our very first guest, I'm sure it's somebody who you might be familiar with. He's been on the show a number of times. It's Tom Arnold, the founder and chief technology officer for Pet Hub. Now, full disclosure, Pet Hub not only started Lost Pet Prevention Month four years ago, but Pet Hub is also the sponsor of our show. Thank you very much, Pet Hub. Welcome to the show to uh, Pet Lover Geek, Tom. Thank you, Lorian. It's a pleasure to be joining you on this gorgeous morning. Well, thanks. I'm so glad that you're here. I want I want to just jump right in because we've got a lot to cover. Tell us why Pet Hub started Lost Pet Prevention Month four years ago. I mean, do we really need yet another month to celebrate something? Why Why is this month important? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, there there's so many people and organizations out there trying to help animals, of course, especially lost animals. But there didn't seem to be a single rallying cry to try and pull all of us together for this common cause. So we reached out to bloggers, businesses, and individual experts, and we wanted to see if they wanted to combine efforts to not only raise awareness, Mm -hmm. but to foster a national discussion about how we can continue to improve as pet owners, as businesses, as nonprofits, generally as a country. Uh, And so around the whole concept of, you know, helping lost animals get home again right. as quickly and safely as possible. So that's why we started it. I think it's been an important conversation. I mean, I've, I've been really impressed over the last four years, the really great educational content that's come out, like like you said, from so many different places, and it's all coming together. Oh, yeah. People are sharing. It's really... It's been a big success. It's it's fantastic. It's really important. So let's let's start with what I mentioned first, preparation. What can we do now so that our pets either, A, don't go missing at all, which is, of course, what we would all like, or if they do, what tools should I be having in place right now so that if my pets get lost, they won't stay very lost, they won't stay lost very long? So I think, obviously, the first place for me, at least, is identification, right? 
I, I think so. And the two biggies for me, the must-haves in my opinion, are microchips and physical ID tags. Um, I highly recommend having both of them because, as you know, a collar can fall off. And sadly, a huge amount of the time, microchip data can be out of date. So the trick, of course, is making sure we keep everything up to date. Kind of like on January 1 where we all change our smoke detector batteries. Mm-hmm. Well, same concept here. July being Lost Pet Prevention Month, here's our annual reminder to check our pet's microchip data, the ID information on their collar, and so on. Um, Of course, while I want to make sure you get a physical, visible ID tag on your pet's collar, I urge you to look into PetHub's digital ID tags. They're right around the same price as any other ID tag, but the cool part is that a PetHub ID tag can be linked to a pet's online profile at PetHub.com, and here's why that's why that's so cool. You can be anywhere. You can be um, in your RV traveling at the airport gate or whatever, and you can update that information on your phone, your tablet, your laptop computer. Uh, people who travel with their pets love our tags because they're, you know, if they're at a campground, we'll take that RV example, and their pet goes missing. They could just update the pet's profile and say, we're at the KOA on Highway 97, mile marker 72, slot number 10. You know, that kind of information can be put on the profile to make it easy for when somebody finds the animal and they either call our phone number or scan the tag, they'll see that. And the other cool thing is, is that they can enter that last seen information and it'll bring up shelters in a 50-mile radius. So even if you don't know that area, we know the shelters, and you can send out a broadcast like an Amber Alert for your pet. Mm-hmm. And we also have our 24 by 7 call center, which helps connect someone finding your pet with people who are on your safety list, whether it's a relative, a neighbor, a friend, your pet sitter, your vet, etc., to put that, that you put on that pet's profile and, and to put them in contact with each other. Yeah. I, I so, got to tell you, I, 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 one mm-hmm. of the things I love about the pet hub tag is I remember sitting at Chicago O'Hare. Uh, I was on the second leg of a trip to leave the country, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I haven't changed the pet sitter. And I, right there yep. on my phone, I put the pet sitter's number up at the top of the list. And what I love is that should one of my pets gone missing when I was out of town, not only would the pet sitter be the first one called, but because of the way your system works, I would still get an alert that my pet was found. And I love that it's all connected and tied together. Yeah, everybody gets that alert. Everybody gets the data that the call center collected from the person who found the animal. So we know everything about that person. So there's no way that we won't be getting back in contact with that person. Mm -hmm. So, and I've had that same experience, Lauren. So that number one priority is get a physical ID tag on your pet. Hopefully it's one of our pet hub tags, but no matter what, get an ID on your pet. A close second is getting that microchip implanted into your pet. True, it'll take a little longer to get them home because uh, with a microchip, just a microchip, not everyone's willing to take a strange dog to a shelter or vet to be scanned. But eventually someone will do it and it'll be a happy day when that microchip shows your contact information. Mm Well, what about GPS collars? Because I know that GPS, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just get a GPS collar and I'll know where they they are at all times. Right. Well, definitely nerdy me. I love that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a cool tool to have. Um, Hunters, for example, have been using those radio beacons and GPS collars for years on their hunting dogs. And just in the past few years, TAG, T-A-G-G, by Qualcomm, which was later purchased by Whistle, well, the T-A-G-G product, that is, and Whistle's known as being the Fitbit for dogs people, they were just recently purchased by Mars, the candy company with a veterinarian division. <laughs> you know, it just keeps, yeah. <laughs> everybody keeps buying everybody. Yeah. But the good news is 
the price of the GPS collars has come down and the form factor that the size of the collar has gotten mm-hmm. smaller too. Mm-hmm. So the way they work is that they use cellular tower GPS data for triangulation and some actually use GPS satellite radio uh, transmissions to read the GPS radio signal. And as you can imagine, this can take a lot of power. So they've mm-hmm. done some smart and tricky hacks to preserve as much of that battery life as they can, including checking in periodically every few minutes instead mm-hmm. of constantly broadcasting their location. And then they, they also programmatically turn off the GPS radio radio in the collar so that when the collar is near the base charging station, because there's no need to give location data when it's obvious the animal's like right there by the, the base station. But right. as you can imagine, a smaller device resulted in a smaller battery, which directly impacts how often you need to take the device off your pet. And now they're lasting just under a week. So... Some only for about three days, for example. I, I had one on my dog, Uller, for a while, but I found that I'd forget, I'd forget it on the charger. And, yeah. I, and, and the battery simply wouldn't last long enough. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that they're great. And I think that for situational things, they're really fantastic. Like camping, hiking, hunting, what have you. I think they're great. But I think if you rely on it as your only source of getting your lost p- pet home, y- you might be asking uh, for too much. More than that GPS collar can actually handle. So yeah, I agree. Let, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. So I, I don't want my pet to get lost at all. So what kinds of things can a pet parent do to prevent a pet from getting lost in the first place? Well, there are a lot of different things you can do as far as um, going around and looking in your yard and making sure the fences are, you know, taken care of. And if you have any hole diggers and things like that in your family, then, you know, go through and, and do an assessment every now and then. Um, there's actually, if you go to lostpetprevention.com, you'll actually see some great articles about this. And that's that's the site that we created that links to all of those articles. Um, one in particular is called 10 Tips to Houdini Proofing Your Home. Mm-hmm. And two of the biggies for me are knowing where my pet's favorite hiding place is so I can check on them. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is is checking in on your pet throughout the day. So my dogs are pretty much always right there under my feet. Um, but I do check-ins throughout the day with my cats to make sure they haven't got locked in a closet or snuck out somehow. And I do this simply by just giving them a treat every now and then throughout the day. And they love that freeze-dried salmon treat that I give them. It's kitty crack for them. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have similar treats in our house as well. I, I think another one for me, I mean, I'm just thinking you know, back of what we do at our house and, and what's key is uh, we have some very uh, important rules that the whole family adheres to as far as when you leave the house, this is, you know, how the door has to be so that the cat can't get it open. Right. Um, you know, th- when you take the dog out for a walk, these are the kind of parameters that you have to follow because we know that this one's going to go after squirrel or, or right, whatever. And I, yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of it is knowing your animal and knowing what those triggers might be. And then and then I, I love that you mentioned the lostpetprevention.com because it's got uh, great stuff on like how do you keep a pet from going missing when you're on vacation? How do you keep a pet going missing when you're hiking? Uh, knowing about the different personalities of a dog or a cat and right. what you know, situations those are going to um, perhaps trigger. Right. And they're not written just by us. They're they're by a lot of different people in the industry who are experts and brought this information in and contributed to creating this wonderful resource for people. Yeah, that's great stuff. And, and the other uh, one that I think is really important as far as like just preventing is when strangers come into your home, I think that's when you maybe have the most danger 
of a pet getting lost. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I think it's really important that, A, you talk to these strangers, whether it be a repairman or maybe you have a housekeeper that comes in or whatever, and you say, hey, I've got an animal in my house. So maybe it's a a sign on your door or something so that there's just a better awareness that, hey, you know, I've got a Houdini in my house. Yeah. A heads up ahead of time. And especially around the holidays too, with people coming and going. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Tom. I really appreciate it. Tell folks where they can learn more about Pet Hub. Absolutely. Simply go to PetHub.com to find out more about us. We also have a 20% off coupon I want to share with your listeners. It's for just for this month. It's LPPM20. Uh, That's uh, for Lost Pet Prevention Month, and it's giving you 20% off. So L is in Lima, P is in Papa, P is in Papa, M is in Mike, LPPM, and then the number 20. Um, and you can also go to lostpetprevention.com. It will redirect you to the articles on PetUp's website. So <laughs> there's lots of ways to find us. Fantastic. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Stick around, pet lovers, because up next, we have a former police detective who has dedicated her life to helping people find their lost dogs and cats. She's got incredible stories and incredible tips to share with us. That's what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to the show, pet lovers. Today is all about lost pet prevention and recovery month. My next guest, Kat Albrecht, is the expert in helping to find lost pets. She is a former police detective, a bloodhound ha- handler, a search and rescue manager, and the founder of Missing Pet Partnerships. And we are thrilled to have her here with us today on Pet Lover Geek. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you, Lauren. Really Great excited to be to ha- here. Oh, I'm really excited to have you. As you know, I'm a big fan. We've known each other for years and uh, Lost Pets is both of our passions. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited that we get to chat uh, here on the show. So I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your background because I think it's fascinating how you became a pet detective. Well, you know, it, it happened by accident, actually. I was a, a police officer and bloodhound handler in Santa Cruz, California, and, and uh, this was back in 1997 uh, when this happened. And my, my police bloodhound escaped and was lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I was a panic pet owner needing to find my dog. I called the sheriff's department, who I had worked my dog, AJ, on a lot of cases for them, and asked them to come help me look for my missing police bloodhound, but they said, no, sorry, we're only sanctioned to look for people, not for people's lost pets. And so uh, I did the thing that came natural to me. I got on the phone and called a friend who I had helped to train her dog to track people. And we had worked her her dog. It was a golden retriever named Kaya. We'd worked Kaya on many missing person cases, and we knew she would understand, smell the pillowcase and find the missing person, but we didn't know if she'd understand smell the stinky blanket and find my dog (laughs) but she did she got it and she tracked him down in 20 minutes and found AJ and that was a paradigm shift in my life because then I had to ask the question I know how to train dogs to find people why aren't we training dogs to find lost pets Mm -hmm. we have all kinds of detection dogs drug detection bomb detection termite detection why don't we have cat detection dogs and why aren't we training dogs to find lost pets and going out and physically helping families search for their missing pets so that's how it all began and I and I've just been on this journey for you know many years now right. um, and and obviously I've seen a lot of great changes in the industry developing which is just wonderful but but that's kind of the basis of how things began and that led to you starting missing pet partnership and I guess also your new venture which is missing animal response training now those are two separate organizations correct Correct? Yes. Um, now, Missing Pet Partnership, I, I actually tried on uh, forming a, a, my services as a business way back when and then tried my first nonprofit and that failed. And it actually wasn't until 2001 that uh, I was able to finally say, I'm going to try one more time. <laughs> this is the last time. Because yeah. I really believe that people in all communities need help and needed mm-hmm. this service. And this was obviously, this was 2001, so this is before Facebook mm-hmm. um, and for before all the, the help that's out there now. So so I did found Missing Pet Partnership back in 2001 and have been, you know, working uh, through that entity for all these years. But then I've also developed the training program uh, called Missing Animal Response Training. The website is missinganimalresponse.com where I, I teach individuals uh, to be pet detectives or whatever title you want to use. But uh, most of the people I train are volunteers who are admins uh, for lost and found Facebook group pages, or some are uh, do the field work. They do they trap and catch hard to catch dogs or cats. And um, yeah, so I, I, I spend most of my time anymore training the people how 
how to go out and help people in their community to find their missing pets. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that the missing pet partnership has been just, an, it was an eye opener for me when I first got into this business. It's just full of really great tips and as, your, as well as your new website about lost pet recovery tips that are based on human and animal behaviors. And what was key for me was, oh, lost dogs, lost cats, two totally different things. Can you kind of talk about that difference? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, and, and that uh, uh, revelation came to me because of my, my background in law enforcement. Not only was I a police officer and detective, but I was uh, part of a search and rescue team uh, and, and trained in search management. So I understood that there have been studies on lost person behaviors that you can have a backpacker, a berry picker, and a deer hunter all lost in the same area of the woods, but the tech tactics, techniques, and resources used to find them are, are entirely different. So I began to look at the problem of lost dogs and lost cats through that lens and began to discover that, you know, wait a minute, dogs and cats are like apples and oranges. They're two different species. So the way that we search for a missing cat is very different than how we should be looking for a missing dog. And and even it, ultimately, I was able to realize that the way that we look for a indoor-only cat that escapes outside, which we now call a displaced cat, is very different than how you look for an outside cat mm-hmm. that suddenly vanishes. They're, they're, they're entirely different investigations. So the way that I train people uh, to, to investigate these or, or to help people in these uh, cases is, are, is very different. Yeah, and, and that is, that's another key for me. It's not just dogs and cats are different. It, there's differences among dogs. I mean, do you have an yep. adventurous dog? Do you have a really shy dog? Do yep. you have a dog that normally is glued to your side <laughs> and then goes missing? You know, like each, they, they all have their obviously unique personalities and there are different personality groups, I guess, that are really important. So I'd love for you to talk about some of the best techniques that you've yep. found uh, for finding either, let, let's start with cats, um, best techniques to, to find a lost cat. So I'll do the, obviously I could talk a long time on these, but we don't have a long time. So I'll just give the abbreviated version for each of these Perfect. three groups. So, okay. So for a displaced or indoor only cat that escapes outside, that that is a cat that's going to be hiding in fear more than likely and in most cases very close to the escape point it does depend on the temperament of the cat if it's a super fearful cat like uh the question we use uh we'll ask the cat owner what does your cat do when a stranger comes in your home if they say that the cat runs and hides under the bed and doesn't come out for hours when those cats escape outside or are displaced into unfamiliar areas you're gonna probably need a a baited main trap to catch them and get them back home. Um, but but you can use a digital wildlife camera and a plate of food outside to uh, confirm that your cat is out there because ultimately it will get hungry enough. And if it smells that food and you catch it on camera, then you can use a humane trap to catch that cat and bring it back home. So, mm-hmm. so again, the scared inside cat that gets outside will be close and you can use cameras. You can also prop open your door and bait the cat to come back inside the house. With the outside access cat that suddenly vanishes, that's very different because that means that something has happened to your cat. 
That cat is accustomed to being outside. And there's like, in these probability categories, I don't have time to get into them, but they're on the missingpetpartnership.org website. But your cat could be trapped and unable to come home. He could be he could be displaced because there's what we call territorial displacement, where if he was beat up by another cat, he could have hopped two fences and ended up in an unfamiliar yard. And he could be afraid and hiding under somebody's deck you know three houses down so you need to get permission from your neighbors to search all of your neighbors yards because your cat may be trapped or injured or hiding in silence within a block radius of your home and then with the dog uh, very different marketing. You need to be using big neon posters, Facebook, Nextdoor, you know, use social media, do a big giant marketing campaign. There's a way of tagging your cars with, with neon writing on your cars to market your lost dog. And again, all of these tips, like Lauren said, are on the missingpetpartnership.org website. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up actually those specific things because that's actually one of the things that I know Pet Hub is working on for Lost Pet Prevention Month with Missing Pet Partnership. They're creating these really great visual infographics that take that great information that you've put out there on Missing Pet Partnership mm-hmm. and turn them into easy-to-read graphics that are like, oh, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's really exciting. Now, I would, you mentioned uh, the trap uh, earlier. And are there other kinds of uh, tools that you have out there that are, that are used by professional folks that, that maybe are really good, that you found are really great for lost pet recovery? Well, the... The, you know, to me, the, the, the key is the wildlife cameras for both dogs and cats. When you're trying to trap uh, any type of animal or any species, having a wildlife camera out there is the best key because that's one way of confirming that the animal is out there or is coming to your the feeding station you've set up. Another one is a driveway alarm. It's just a simple $18 device that when you place it in front of a humane trap, if you're trying to trap a dog or a cat and you place this driveway alarm, when the animal goes into the trap and crosses the beam of the driveway alarm, it it will send off like a, it sounds like a doorbell. It does a ding dong type sound. You, it, you've seen these or heard mm-hmm. these before when you walk into a business, but that is a way that a, a pet owner, if their cat is hiding outside and not coming into the house and they've set up a trap, they can use that driveway alarm along with the humane trap and then it will alert them. They'll hear the, the, the alarm go off inside their home and then they can go outside and check what's in the trap. So um, so it's a those two tools, um, wildlife cameras and driveway alarms, are things that people who do trapping need to be using as well. And are there other kinds of tools that um, you maybe the professionals that you work with that they use that go a little bit further than that even? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's the things that I teach in the, the MAR, the Missing Animal Response Course, or how to like use a snappy snare, which is a, a device that uh, a lot of animal control officers will use. And it's different than the catch pole that you would see like on Animal Planet. It's a device that um, is flexible, and yet it's one that allows you to be able to catch a dog. We use it in combination with a, what we call a magnet dog. So we use a small, wiggly, friendly dog that will attract a dog that is too afraid to come up to people but it allows us to catch the dog using that device mm-hmm. um and then there's amplified listening devices um you know some pet detectives are using like night vision uh and you know sound devices and other it's getting more and more high tech oh, when there's <laughs> more technology that's coming out is being put into place and there's yeah Great ways. It seems to me like for a person who's a pet lover and a, a you know geek, somebody who just loves the tech, what a great 
career. You know, this could be yeah. for you. I, I love it. And I want to talk more about that because that to me is some of the most, most fascinating stuff of what you do. But we, we're running out of time in this segment. But can you hang out for just a couple more minutes and let's continue to talk about your training? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Terrific. So we'll be back in just a moment. So sit, stay, and don't go away, pet lovers. We're going to be back in just a few minutes with more great insight from Kat on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to petlovergeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, pet lovers, we're continuing our conversation with Kat Albrecht as part of Lost Pet Prevention and Recovery Month theme here on Pet Lover Geek. So, Kat, we were talking just a moment ago about the really cool stuff that you get to work with, pet detectives with, and, and training people to find lost pets. So, do you still train dogs to find lost pets? Is that actively what you're still working on? Yes. Um, you know, I, I authored a book called Dog Detectives, Train Your Dog to Find Lost Pets. And so when the students that take the, the MAR class uh, who have an interest in training either a cat detection dog or a what we call a MAR trailing dog, which is a dog that's primarily used to uh, trail or track the scent of lost dogs, um, they take an additional um, two units, so a 10-week course instead of the eight-week course. Um, and, and, they, and part of that is, is I have step-by-step 
training program plus videos with it. And I'm uh, starting an online course from those students who have graduated from the MAR course, which, you know, again, primarily teaches you as the person how to investigate a lost cat or lost dog case and, you know, what tools and techniques to use. But then I'm now starting a new uh, venture where I'll be training those people in a, uh, like an eight-week dog training class. Uh, which will be is which is going to be an interesting challenge because I'm going to have to do it online. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the things I learned early on. Well, we'll be doing it with videos and discussions as yeah. a, a as a small group. But one thing I learned early on is the the logistical nightmare of my dream or my vision was that we would have resources in all communities trained up with dogs trained to find lost pets. Was trying you know at the time I was living in California, I wasn't able to to be everywhere at mm-hmm. once. And most people, they couldn't afford to fly their dog from Florida out to California for right. me to, to certify or test their dogs. So, you know, so we began working on developing, a, you know, the, the, um, the national standards and a certification test for uh, testing dogs uh, so that the dogs that become trained in this can be certified. And, and that's actually still being done through missing pet partnerships. So, so again, I've kind of branched away from being involved with that day-to-day activity of, of missing pet partnership. But what I'm doing is focusing on the training of the people and the training of the dogs. Um, and yeah, so it's very exciting. It is very exciting. And I'm curious, like, so what would you look for when you're looking for a mar search candidate what the the dog themselves i mean what makes a good dog for this kind of thing well you know it's it's not the breed uh i mean i have obviously my background was uh being a bloodhound handler so i've had bloodhounds and my first dog that i trained in this work was actually a weimariner but but through the years i've trained a lot of mixed breeds and different breeds Um, i've trained you know anything from a jack russell terrier to um you know, uh, Labradors and lab mixes. What what we really look for is a dog that has no fear, that has no aggression. So it can't have it show any type of aggression or uh, you know aversion towards people, dogs, or other cats. And a dog that either loves other dogs, like a dog park type dog that can be trusted with other dogs and wants to play with other dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or a dog that loves kitties. We want a dog that wants to get the kitty, but not get the kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there's a fine line, you know, between yeah. that, but we've developed a way to, to test and evaluate dogs, you know, and that's part of the MAR courses. I have the students watch different videos of me evaluating different dogs. And I kind of, you know, explain, okay, see, you see how this dog re- responded to the cat, you know, with, with aversion or fear and jumped back. But, uh, but this other dog, that laid down and was wagging its tail and was whining. It was so happy and excited with the kitty was one that would be a perfect candidate for this work. But the one that was jumping at the cat in the bag. Yeah. Not so much. That's one that probably would hurt a cat, you know? Right. uh, Well, cause some, some dogs that love cats love to play with them in a way that some cats might not enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. But that actually would be a good thing. As long as they're not going to try to bite the cat, even if, even if a dog was prone to chase a cat, it's what they're going to do when they get to the cat. Because we've that Jack Russell Terrier I mentioned. Uh, her name was Susie. She was on the. She's actually on the cover of my dog, uh, dog detectives book, and she loved my cat Cheeto. Uh, he was a big chubby orange 
flubber-bellied yeah. orange cat. That And Cheeto thought he was a dog, and those two would play. And Susie would, uh, you know, if she lived in a house with a cat, she probably would have chased it because she was just so hyper-excited. But when she would get to Cheeto, she would just lick him, lick his face, lick his Aww. ears, want to, want to smell his butt, you know, and... Yeah. and and uh, but loved cats and so but she was the type that had that hyper excitement for cats because what you need in a cat detection dog is a dog that even if it's been out there searching for two or three hours and it's getting warm outside that when that dog gets into the scent pool or the cloud of cat scent let's say the cat is hiding under a deck but I, let's say I've searched from yard to yard to yard for, mm -hmm. you know, an hour and a half. And I come into the yard where the cat is actually under that deck. When I walk the cat detection dog around that deck and I'm telling the dog, check this. When that dog picks up or detects that scent, I need a dog that's going to consistently give the same body language mm -hmm. with some dogs that's wiggling the tail with some dogs that's whining with some dogs that's uh, we have one dog that would bark. Now that may scare a cat, mm -hmm. but we, and we have had cases where the cat, uh, most of the time when we scare a cat, it's, it's as we are entering the neighbor's backyard where the cat is hiding but isn't hidden too well that that causes the cat to jump over the fence into the next yard. And when we when we see that happen, then it's like, okay, good news, we found the cat. We yeah. don't. We don't now have we just have to catch them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, then now it's like we don't need the dog anymore. That's right. why we then go put the dog up, and then the owner can go into that neighbor's yard and and let some time pass and calm down. And oftentimes they are able to lay down and coax the cat into coming mm -hmm. to them, but sometimes they're not and they're uh, needing to use a humane trap. But but the problem is solved because we have found where the cat is. And, and um, yeah, so we've had many cases where the cats have been found because of the dogs. Many cases, and these dogs, the cat detection dogs, uh, we cross-train them in decomp or decomposition. So mm. they are trained that if they smell the scent of, of a deceased cat, they will alert on that because sometimes, you know, the reality is, especially in cases if there's a lot of predator activity, the, the sad fact is sometimes, you know, we're finding the remains. And right. so anybody getting into this work needs to be aware of that uh, aspect as well. Well, let's talk about getting into this work because, I mean, is this volunteer work or is this something like I mentioned before, like, wouldn't that be a cool job to have? I mean, could you actually have, make a living as a pet detective? Well, very few people are now able to actually make a full-time living at it. Uh, part of the reason is because there's so much uh, volunteer activity now available, you know, because of Facebook uh, lost and found pages, which to me is wonderful because when I set out wanting to see services developed, I didn't, I didn't know where to go, whether, because initially nobody was interested. Animal shelters weren't interested. Um, veterinarians weren't interested. I went to dog rescue groups. They weren't interested. TNR group volunteers, they weren't interested. But when my book came out, now this was 2004, when my book, uh, the first version was called The Lost Pet Chronicles. Now it's out there as uh, called Pet Tracker. But when, when that book came out, I heard from individual people that were like, I want to train my dog to do that. And and, you know, I want to be a pet detective. And so I, I did start seeing that there was a market of people wanting to do this as, as a business. But but as Facebook grew and, and pages grew, now there's a lot of pet owners that they're not willing to pay for a professional 
uh, when there is a volunteer available, which I totally understand. So the the big uh, the majority of people that are that do this work do this as a part time business. Most of them are doing this as uh, either as a volunteer or as an add on to an existing pet business. So mm-hmm. there's a huge opportunity for people that are pet sitters or dog walkers or dog trainers, you know, or anybody who's in the industry that already has a business uh, or who is willing to set up this as a side business and understands that you're likely not going to have enough cases to work in your community unless if you're in like a you know huge uh you know city or, or something where there are no other pet detectives but right. um so I, I wouldn't uh so i no longer really promote this as being that you're going to be able to do this as a full-time business but i'm I, my passion is to train i just think really that anybody in the pet industry should take at least the eight-week training course especially if you work for a vet or a dog trainer if you run a business where you are responsible for taking care of somebody else's animal mm-hmm. you really really should know what to do if that dog or cat yes particularly I I think it's a it's a no-brainer for pet sitters I think so let me let me ask you this so let's say that somebody is listening right now is like oh my gosh this would be amazing I don't care if I don't make any money but I want to do this where how do they get started yeah well you you can go to um missinganimalresponse.com uh, and take a look at that at the website there because it explains the training program and you can sign up for the training program. I'd also strongly recommend that you look at missingpetpartnership.org because just like Lauren said, there's a lot of behavior-based information there. And, and so I teach that information in the MARC course, but much more in depth. Like the things that I go into in the MARC course, I've had people that have been helping recover lost pets for many years uh, give feedback and say, oh my gosh, I went into this thinking I wouldn't learn anything new, but I'm learning so much new information. I mean, I cover things like search probability theory, deductive reasoning, forensic, uh, the forensic and analysis, where to go if you have a case where you find hair fibers and you want to have a DNA test done, uh, how to do a forensic hair examination, how to do um, presumptive blood analysis uh, test testing to determine if you find, let's say you find a set of skid marks and a stain in the roadway, how to determine whether that's blood. And then there's a further test to determine whether it's human blood or animal blood. I mean, again, I pulled in a lot of this information from my background as as a detective and being in law enforcement. So people find it fascinating information Mm -hmm. i also take you through kate you know i i share many cases and many articles and many documents so it's not uh you know just a matter that you're going to be hearing uh, seeing a powerpoint presentation with me talking but you're going to get a lot of information and then i think the best part is those people that take the training course are then uh brought into a network we have a private facebook uh, page of mar graduates you know, people who have graduated from the MAR course who on a daily basis are sharing ideas and uh, listing their problems or challenges and everybody is chipping in and sharing ideas and information. And that alone is uh, is very valuable. Oh, to, incredible. If, yeah. It's just great stuff, Kat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Really fantastic. Make sure you stick around, folks. We've got one more really great segment. It's going to focus on bringing all of these tools together to help lost pets find their way home. And that's what's next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. This 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Aliens with Gas is the program you're listening to. We are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. And we're going to play the rest of the Uli John Roth interview on our overtime. And I dig that because you're doing the, the Brady Bunch thing, aren't you? I am. Because <laughs> I have you, a, is that you're doing? a theremin app right. on my phone. So it's not, you know, a real theremin. If anybody knows the Brady Bunch, what I'm talking about. UFO! It's back! (laughs) Thank you, and keep watching the skies. That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. It's Lost Pet Prevention Month. And today we are sharing critical tools so that you can be prepared if your pet goes missing. Up next, I am really pleased to have Debbie Harden from Generation Wags on the show. She is going to talk with us about the power of social media and about all the different things that that are out there to help you find lost pets. She is a wealth of information, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Debbie, welcome to the Pet Lover Geek. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited, and I think it's great that you're providing this this service for uh, for pet owners. Absolutely. I mean, we're all about education on Pet Lover Geek, and I want you to start off by telling folks about Generation Wags, your website, and particularly about your Love Tag Chip Initiative. Okay, great. Well, um, Generation Wags, I founded about four or five years ago. It now actually is being run as a program, and I'm the program manager under a nonprofit called Relove Animals. And Generation Wags is trying to really share information with pet owners and also non-pet owners who um, want to maybe know a little bit more about how they can get involved in um, in helping to diminish the number of uh, homeless pets and also improving the life of pets in general. Um, so Generation Wax is a online site, and I have lots of resources. And the main thing is really it's been an outgrowth and a journey for me personally as I began to learn more by getting involved um, with different donation drives and other things with rescue groups and learning more about how pets fall into the rescue system and shelter system, um, I've decided to really try to share that knowledge um, with others. And lost pets has kind of become a real key focus for me because it's something that 
uh, you know, most people don't realize how many pets go lost um, every single day everywhere um, until your eyes are open to it and you've had some type of a personal experience, etc. So um, it's something that people can take, uh, you know, utilize the Love Tag Chip Challenge to make a commitment, number one, for their own pet to make sure that their pet is has a tag and has a microchip and learn more about those details. For example, with microchips, you need to make sure that it is registered and up to date, et cetera. But it's making that commitment that you are going to love them, which is obviously essential, um, and tag and chip them so that should a situation present itself where they are separated from you, they will have the best chance of being reunited with you. I would just say that in general, a lot of people, you know, will always say to me, my pet is always with me and will never get lost. And I can share with you, you know, I I do weekly stories, et cetera, about how they do unexpectedly get lost. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about that maybe. Yeah, because I think it's key. You know, everybody has this false sense of security uh, because it hasn't happened to them. They don't really think ahead of it. So what I'd love to chat with you about, since we're limited in our time, is the online tools that are out there to help lost pets that you work with um, a lot through Generation Wags. I'm thinking specifically about Help for Lost Pets, Lost Dogs of America, Pet Hub, those kind of things. Right. So um, one of the things that I quickly found, and there are such a a large array of um, Facebook pages dedicated to lost and found pets uh, down to the very local communities, which is fabulous. And they do a fantastic job. But what I've realized is that um, I call it the bucket effect. You've got all these different buckets of lost and found pets, but there's no centralized database that exists. Helping Lost Pets, I became familiar with a number of years ago. It's run by a gentleman by the name of Rob Goddard. And what he's been doing um, very successfully is developing a free database where lost and found pets can get listed. Um, what's ideal with that is it's national so that if a pet gets missing and after a month or so, which certainly in that amount of time, they could quickly not be in the local area anymore for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. It will be, it's on a national site. You can filter it by different fact, you know, different, um, you know, type of breed, color, pet, etc. And um, he's working hand in hand with Lost Dogs of America. They're, they have some statewide lost and found pet Facebook pages. And actually, they have a model where to post on their pages, you must first list the pet with Helping Lost Pets. And the reason for that is is that they realize that while they can do a fabulous job within their state, that by having it on the national site, number one, he offers free flyers, free alerts that go out, etc. And when it's remaining on the national site, no matter how long it is, that pet can stay up there and be searched for. Mm-hmm. Also, found pets can get on there. So strays can be posted on there either by shelters or people who find them. And um, unlike the local Facebook pages, which again are fabulous because the sharing is so vital and has made such a difference, um, you know, you don't have to scroll, scroll, scroll from a few years ago even to find a missing pet. You can just be doing a search. And if it's been on there and it hasn't been noted as reunited or back home or whatever it you likely will still be on that site 
Yeah, and I, I to the point of you know how powerful social media is. We just had just in our family, my aunt's pet uh, dog went missing and was home uh, the next morning through the power of social media. So sites like Helping Lost Pets uh, and then what he does with Lost Dogs America, they actually send it out to their Facebook page, and they actually have volunteers that do a lot of different things behind the scenes that are just critical. They absolutely do. They even have matchmakers that are working, um, you know, vigilantly behind the scenes. And all this is free of charge um, because they're just so dedicated to trying to see, you know, how they can reunite Mm -hmm. pets. They also have a new uh, free service that's uh, kind of a collaboration between Helping Lost Pets and Lost Dogs of America called microchiphelp.com, where if you get a dead-end microchip, they will take it upon themselves with people who have been you know learning the tools to try to track down where that microchip might you know have come from so they can try to find the owner so that's a free resource for shelters and others um so there's a lot of the sharing is vital um i'm excited that you know social media has presented the whole the whole platform mm-hmm. um the only concern is that sometimes you you want to make sure that you do the broad and the narrow at the same time and um you know, again, I think that it's fabulous that all these different sites are out there working hard, but we want to do it all and make sure that, you know, again, we don't fall into the bucket effect to the point where we don't have this broader pool of resources that are out there for us to try to help, you know, those looking for their pet to find them. Well, to, to that end, I'd love to chat just briefly about your new initiative, Unite to Reunite. Uh, and it's about bringing all these buckets together. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Right. So it's kind of an outgrowth um, because what I've really, again, decided is that I really feel that the communities, individuals, businesses, um, and all of these different initiatives and people who are working to reunite pets, we need to come together in some way um, so that they can be showcased for what they're doing. But we can also, again, just like Helping Lost Pets, can start to have a conversation together, share resources and information, and get others to help us because, you know, it's it's an ongoing process. We need more volunteers um, in many ways. So at the core of, of Unite to Reunite, or as I call it, U2R, is signing up with Helping Lost Pets, whether it's an organization, a business, or individuals. The, the, the real reason for that is my firm belief that we do need this integrated, centralized, and free database. So even though you may be getting alerts from other places, by building um, and supporting this database, we are going to ultimately see a much broader result. And the fact that it is free and uh, was developed by somebody who actually has the vision not only for individual lost pets, but can see where eventually it could even provide an avenue to assist when there are natural disasters Mm -hmm. and there are evacuations of pets and movement from one shelter to another. So there's a lot more to what Helping Lost Pets can do. And I see that vision. I've worked with Rob for a number of years. So anyway, when people sign up for U2R, they're basically signing up first with Helping Lost Pets. Um, They'll get alerts and individuals can help share those, even if they're parts of other lost pet groups or Facebook pages or just in their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. But businesses, I'm hoping, will also sign up and that they will also agree to um, share that they are a partner with Unite to Reunite by posting the Unite to Reunite logo on their website or social media. And by doing so, um, first of all, 
I hope that they will be very proud that they're taking a part in helping lost pets by getting alerts and, and hopefully developing ways to share it with their communities. But also it's raising awareness in general with people that, um, you know, that there is a need to focus on this. Right. I really appreciate it. It sounds like we've run out of time. <laughs> um, the really great stuff, Debbie. I really appreciate how you're helping everybody bring this all together. Tell us where they can find you online real quick. Okay. Um, generationwags.com has an S, Generation Wags. Um, and on there, you can go to the unite to reunite.org site. Um, Perfect. There's a link there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really Thanks, appreciate Jordan. it. Thank you so much. Take I- care. I want to thank my other two guests, Tom Arnold from Pet Hub and Kat Albrecht from Missing Animal Rescue. Really great stuff from them as well. Come back and visit us next week on Pet Lover Geek as I have some very personal news to share. And here's a hint. I have a guest coming on, Victoria Stillwell, who's going to chat with us about children and pets. So make sure you join us next week, on uh, next Saturday on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 